Greetings, everybody. This is Christopher Messina coming at you from the Messy Time Studios in a beautiful, beautiful day, late September 2022 from the Space Coast of Florida. And I am delighted and honored to be joined in the studios today by Michael Diamond, who is coming to us from Stockholm. I came across Michael's work because I found this brilliant, beautiful uh, website blog called uh, the, the New Traditionalist Architecture or something like that, if I'm mangling it. Uh, and I invited him on to talk about what he does. So, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for, for having me. I'm always very happy to, to speak about the topic that I love so much. And that's the, the greatest. So without me mangling any further your mandate, um, mm -hmm. tell me a bit about it. What, what, are you, what are you doing? What's the website about? What is your passion? And where, where are you with it? Well, um, what I do, basically, is that I do social advocacy for for new traditional architecture and classical urbanism. Uh, it's both a, a wide topic and, and a quite slim one. Uh, if I should try to, to, to compromise it a, a bit, um, I use social media and I've used social media now for many years uh, to spread a message that, you know, the built environment, the environment that we live in, that all the ugliness that we see today is a choice. It's not a necessity. Right. Most people today believe that we must have all this ugliness around us because of costs, because of uh, some kind of logical reason. But there is no logical reason. Everything, if you compromise it, is just the ideology of modernism that most architects today subscribe to. Hmm. So when I... I try to show that everything is a choice, the ugliness is a choice, and we can build beautiful today, as we did, you know, pre-1945, if we want to. And this has, you know, stirred up a lot on the internet, because, you know, internet is very, if you have some good material, you can spread it quite easily. Uh, so what we have here now in Scandinavia, we have, have uh, splinter groups called the Architecture Rebellion. So of course, they use the Local the architecture rebellion. I love that. Yes. That's great. And are those active, you know, architects themselves who are, you know, getting clients and building beautiful buildings and getting yeah. rid of the modernist trash that we've had to endure? Yeah. So it's very much a, a, a popular uprising because it's people that usually don't engage that much, you know, in architecture questions, you know, people that have other professions. But now they got a voice that we don't want an ugly built environment build beautiful we don't care about you know your narcissistic projects and your uh, phony you know what you say in english you know when you spew words that mean nothing you know all these you know superlatives that they describe these strange boxes mm -hmm. we don't care we want beautiful buildings and in so in spewing words that mean nothing in great volume you just describe all of american politics yeah, <laughs> you could you could describe most politics. Except most politics, politics I would, yeah. Right. Except a, except a beautiful Finnish. built environment is far better. I, not to interrupt, but you, it reminds me of a good friend of mine, a business partner, mm -hmm. who studied design at university, and his great comment always in relation to these really ugly buildings that have been put up since the nineteen fifties, is mm -hmm. that bad design costs mm -hmm. just as much as good design. So it's not like you're saving money by building a horrible, ugly concrete mm. box. You're not. Mm. You're still spending the money. So why does it have to be ugly? Which is, I guess, your entire mandate. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I want to, you know, to show people it's a choice. 
it's it's hundred percent a choice because uh, what they teach now at architecture schools they are more or less been hijacked by modernists and then they educate new modernists they brainwash the students there and now we also have an effect that only people that like these strange boxes they they apply you know to architect schools mm. is is that you know they have some kind of depth they understand the ugliness you know we they we understand lay, the yeah. ugliness that's yeah we, we lay <laughs> we lay people are too simple-minded we are too shallow and so way too they, shallow i don't understand yes. why that big black concrete box without any windows is beautiful you're right i'm yes. very shallow yes <laughs> you're you're not enlightened enough so it's you know it's very much you know the uh, the fairy tale you know the emperor's emperor's new clothes right because you know if you haven't gone to architect school you just see but that's just an ugly ugly box you know i see no depth in it oh but you don't understand you must be enlightened you must be educated to like what you instinctively think is just ugly right um uh, so uh, this has been very successful in the scandinavian countries very very successful well, so why do you think just... that is what why do you think that has been so successful that to be taught that what you see in front of you you can't believe your lying eyes it's really gorgeous even though it's really ugly why, why do you think that succeeded uh, it succeeded uh, because of you know culture we are all you know social creatures so we adapt to others think if you apply to architecture school and you have a different opinion i like to draw these beautiful classical buildings mm. and everyone and your professor says that you're wrong your student says that you're wrong you get socially ostracized you're not invited to all the nice parties well you will conform or you will quit so they hijack the profession they hijack the profession and, and then we live with the end result and they also did they did another thing that they have been very successful they have uh, shut the mouth of political and public criticism hmm. because the, their favorite tactic is to mention hitler all the time it's like you know the classical you know the first oh, one because he was in favor of of neoclassicism and they're, therefore anyone in favor of a neoclassical design must be a nazi yes that's that's exactly. a bit of a stretch that's a bit yes. of a stretch <laughs> uh, it's a very much a bit of a stretch you know because you know the founding fathers preferred classical architecture you know all the great monuments that you have in the u.s they are very very you know very very inspired by our greek or roman classicism you know right. the white house and the, those buildings but now uh, they try to put it because also Hitler had opinions about architecture. So therefore, if a politician, politician dare to open his mouth, but this is hideous, then he's like Hitler. And this has worked. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. That is, so, a, that is a big win for absurd propaganda. Yes. So by scaring everyone, everyone in the public and politicians to have an opinion, they have been able you know, to just go on until they arrive like we would say of social media so we because live in ugly cities mainly because architecture students want to go to the good parties with pretty girls or boys and if they don't conform to believing that ugly boxes are beautiful they don't get to go to the good parties so basically if we could just get kind of a program to let neoclassical adherence date better we'd all get a better built environment. So you're yeah, really kind yeah, of building yeah. bumble for architecture. 
<laughs> yeah, look, that would be an amazing idea because because we have discussed it, you know, here in Sweden. How should you know make people, you know, all these modernist architects that really want to make something beautiful? How should we make them dare to exit? You know, you need like an exit program for you know, like terrorists and such. You know, you don't programming. Exit. Yeah, deprogramming. <laughs> you can leave modernist and still keep your face because it's also it's also very similar, you know, to to communism. You know. In 1991, when the Soviet Union fell, think of all the people that all their lives had believed in communism and suddenly woke up that, oh, everything that I strived for all my life was a lie. Yeah, it's, yeah. Tough. it's tough to swallow, right? Yeah, it's you tough to your swallow. entire life, and now someone says, oh, no, no, no. Every single thing you've ever believed was a lie. You've wasted your life. Welcome yeah. to freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom so, so, feels so good, maybe, if you're already okay. 60 and you spent yeah. your entire life in a lie. Yeah. So th that's the situation we have for the majority of modernist architects. If they stop believing in this lie, they're telling that all their lives, all their careers have been totally meaningless. They only create the ugliness and destruction. Wow. So you're, yeah. you're going to create existential angst and deep misery amongst the few which arguably they deserve because they gave us these horribly ugly buildings to look at so yeah perhaps they it's give karma us retribution it's very much karma retribution and, and <clears throat> you know jokingly you know what, what we're trying to do what we are achieving here in, in scandinavia especially in sweden and in norway is you know opposite social ostracism oh, sorry my english ostracism Aust right ostracism yeah so if you're an architect and you go to a party the first thing people will say to you, oh, you're, you're like ugly boxes, you know, you will get like mean comments and everything because of your ah. profession. So, so in that way, we want to make them, you know, lean towards the classical because it will not, you know, it will not be nice to be an architect. In so let's, let's bully adherence of modern architecture until they see the wisdom of actually building pretty buildings again. Yeah. That's a little... Nah. That's a little that's, thuggish too, but okay, in a good cause. Yeah. More or less, you know, it's it's that's uh, one way. And the other is, of course, educating people that want to be classical architects. Because there are always, you know, we, there's never been so much talent in the world as there is now. So if we can only find, you know, if we only tell young people you can become a classical architect, right. then there will be many that rise to the challenge. And we will get new talent. We will get new people that are able to create, you know, all the wonders that we, we admire today and we go to cities and we photograph, you know. Sure. Why, why, well, why couldn't we? Here, here's a rather serious question because I can yes. always, you know, make fun of architectural students at parties all day long. That sounds fun. But but, but it's but it's true. But it's, it's true. true. That's, that means <laughs> yeah. it's a good social dynamic. It's actually yeah. it's a very good insight. Very true. Mm -hmm. um, it's like modern academia in general mm -hmm. is, is, is mainly group things. So I get that. Um but this is also kind of a different thing because unlike, say, forcing painters to paint canvases of beautiful mountain valleys in a realistic uh, uh, idiom, once again, as opposed to abstraction, um, the difference here is that architecture, it's a business. It requires the person who is paying the architect to also have an opinion and be the driver at the end of the day the customer is right whoever is writing the mm. check will drive the end result so where in here is there kind of the public education 
about architectural history, developmental styles, you know, because you could you could change the the architecture schools all you want, but if the clients are still asking for ugly gray boxes, mm-hmm. they're going to keep building ugly gray block boxes. So it's mm-hmm. you know it's part of your yep. mandate yes. or part of your advocacy, kind of getting the public more knowledgeable about the process by which architecture gets built. Is that part of what you do? Yes, and also the, I'm very happy that you mentioned it's because this you know the 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 buyer uh, of architecture, you know, what, what they buy depends on three things. And of course, it's, it's the modernist ideology's fault to begin with, if we can, can say that. And the reason I say that is, is because modernist architects introduced relativism into our culture. Hmm. So what is beautiful is subjective. If you're a developer, and I do not criticize developers. Developer has always been the same, and they should be this character. They are profit maximizing. Of course. Yeah. And they was that 100 years ago as well, when they built these lavish palaces, you know, they, they were still profit maximizing. They've always been, and they should be. That's, that's their business. But if you tell them that beauty is subjective, well, why should I not build a gray ugly box and earn a few extra bucks? Right. Well, that, so, that's the point is, is, are there demonstrable differences in the cost to build the type of architecture that you prefer versus an ugly gray box? Or is it really, as my old colleague said, good and bad design cost about the same? So you know, there must be an economic choice that they're making. Do they feel that additional yes. ornamentation will cost more and they're not going to get paid for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a wide subject, but I will try to deal with all the components of it. Uh, so it is, you know, of course, uh, you know, the classical tradition, you know, creating a classical facade is not more expensive. Of course, if you use marble and expensive materials, it will be, you know, a little more costly, but not that much. You know, the facade is still a very, very small part of the overall, you know, building budget. Right. So you can make a beautiful box. If you divide it according to the classical tradition, you have a baseline, you have, you put the windows in part symmetries, uh, you have a building that, you know, the, the upper part, the windows get smaller, so you get like a, a logical way, you know, our mind can read the building very easily. Mm-hmm. We get tickled by it, but at the same time we can read it, so we feel secure, you know. We always, you know, when we look around, we always read our environment. Um, but uh, addressing the question again, so can it be profitable to build classical? Yes, of course, it can be profit maximizing to build classical. And that's why many developers that have discovered this do it again and again and again. You mm. have it in the US, you have large firms with hundreds of people that build, only build like classical buildings right. because it's profit, profit maximizing. Okay, let's say that it costs 15% more but you can sell it for hundred percent more, right? So it's, it's that's all, it's all elastic in terms of what supply yeah. and demand will give you and how yeah. many inputs are. Of yeah. course. So, but but that's of course you know the luxury segment. They will build classical as much as they want, uh, and that is profit maximizing for them. What is interesting is you know if you can build beautiful for the middle class and even the lower classes, and the answer to that is yes, you can, but. Because the margins are smaller there. Yeah, 
It's harder. Then you know, it's harder yeah. to justify when you when yeah yeah. It's hard to business. justify if you only profit maximum as the company should be. I don't criticize them for being profit maximum. Of course, but let's say that uh, if there was a, wasn't relativism in our culture that the modernists introduced, then they couldn't get away with it. Then people would demand, you know, of course a building must be beautiful. They couldn't hide just saying, you know, that, oh, it's just taste, you know. Uh, you think this ugly gray box is ugly, I think it's beautiful, you know, and you can't argue because taste is just subjective. Uh, so as much as we demand a lot, I don't know how, how building regulations are in, in, in the US in general. But Savage and based on bribes. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> the usual. Sim sim similar to Sweden. Then. Yeah. But <laughs> let's say if I move in in a new apartment in Sweden, I accept there to be electricity and I accept there to be heating, I accept there to be running water. Right. This have cost extra for the developer. But I wouldn't accept anything else. And building by building regulation, you must have it. Right. So it would be very disturbing to move into a, an apartment and find out you had no water or electricity. Yeah. <laughs> and in Swedish apartments, we also demand to have uh, uh, kit say kitchen appliances. Right. Fridge. It's not just you know an empty shell with kitchen appliances. We also expect to have a a common laundry room. If you have been on an apartment building, a common laundry room basically. Right. So we have a lot of demands in our functional demands in our culture. And the building companies apply to them and they make still make a profit. Yeah. Um, so they can build beautiful buildings from middle class and lower class and still make a profit. No, yeah. no problem at all. Uh, so it's all about, you know, the relativism. And then, of course, you also have the problem with, with uh, municipalities. Because, this, you know, architects are mostly modernist, but also at the municipalities, they are staffed by both modernist architects and, and modernist, you know, with different functions. So in many times, they will it not... It sounds like a pervasive architectural abuse cult. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It's, so it's really unnerving, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. That they wow, deny wrong, projects. Yeah, sorry, so, sorry, because I'm very passionate about this, as you noticed. Uh, they would deny projects if they are classic. That's crazy. They, so, an art, yes. so a a a developer or an owner wants mm -hmm. to build a building, and mm -hmm. has found an architect to design the building to his or her wishes, mm -hmm. and it's got lovely classical lines. And the municipality will take it upon themselves to not allow that person to build what he or yes. she wants with their own money. Yes. So we wow. have a we have a situation now in, in many municipalities. Uh, regulations are different from country to country, but in general, you know, many cities have you know building codes. Yep. So in in many uh, European municipalities, because you know the municipalities are staffed by you know the, the building engineers and such that are all modernists, they will deny you if you want to build a new classical building wow. so i have a friend because you know europe is is quite small you know the u.s is a continent and so for me it's now traveling to another country is that for you like traveling to another state yep um so Which you can't uh, stand doing because florida is the only rational state in the whole union but go ahead yeah <laughs> i won't i won't say anything about u.s politics <laughs> but good call <laughs> yeah uh because it's so infected, so I don't want to touch with 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 a stick even. But it's all also. But the common thread is the infection in U.S. politics goes right back to the 
modernist de the desire to enforce relativism on yes. society. So you yes. can't claim universal values. You can't claim objective truth because all they want to do is play with <clears throat> play with words divorced from reality in yes. order to control you. Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. Now I talk enough politics, so <laughs> I don't dare Go to say on. anything no, no, more. No bother. Go on. It's all about the, 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 the architecture yes, of rebellion. The, the, Go for it. Yeah, but <laughs> the relativism is there. So I have a, a, a friend in, in Tallinn, Estonia, that is on the other side of the Baltic Sea to Sweden. Uh, and he's a classical architect. So a developer uh, tried him, built a house. It's sold in like an apartment house then. It's sold in record time. Right. The municipality, you know, since Estonia got independent from the Soviet Union, never had an apartment house sold out so quickly. So the developer got very happy mm -hmm. and built another one and then another one and wanted right. to build a fourth one. But then the architecture establishment of Estonia, of course, they are modernists, they sent a protest letter. Wow. So they forbade for building more new classical buildings, apartment houses, because it could confuse people. Because so maybe they're protecting they... people from architectural confusion. How nice is yes. that? Yes. What because is they... architectural confusion? Uh, because they thought <laughs> that people would believe that these buildings were would be old and not new. That's fabulous. Yes. Wow. So these kind of things they try to find, you know, because they know that they are wrong, so they try to forbid all kinds of opposition. That's one of the most curious attacks on freedom of expression I've ever heard. You're not allowed to build a building that would have been called beautiful for 2,000 years in Europe from the Romans hmm. because someone might think it was built before 1945 and therefore we can't do that. Yes. Did that fly? Did, did, did they, in Tallinn, did they listen to that absurdity? Yeah, the politicians did. So they forbade him from, from building. So he can build. The developer the is allowed to build. stories I've ever heard. Yeah. So <laughs> the developer is allowed to build new apartments, but, but one must see that they were built in our time, as they express it. So it must be, he must build an ugly box because he's not allowed to build a classical Can't building. Can't he build a beautiful classical building and put the date of construction? At the top. Oh, yeah, all, on the all other buildings, they did. So they put the date of construction. They put 2015 That's and crazy. Is there an appeals process for this stupidity? Or is their ruling absolute? Like, what uh, would they do if he built another building? Tear it down? Because it was attractive? No, you know, in the end, you know, they can they can put fines. You know, they all have all the, you know, the, right. the legal. And, and uh we are very law-abiding. You know, had it been Spain or Southern Europe, they wouldn't have cared. But here in Northern Europe, we are very law-abiding. So if we get a fine, we'll pay it, and then we'll get out of business. <laughs> uh, so, so, so it's... it's uh, and they do it in all countries. They try to forbid position. They try to denounce you as a Nazi. And they try to relativize the subject of beauty. So mm. that, that's the mess we are in. So, and so this is your fight. This is what you are trying to. Yeah. One and, person at a time, one blog view at a time. Uh, thousands not, of people who will watch this interview. All of that is is mm -hmm. to to change, what to to let people permit themselves to enjoy classical architecture. Yes. 
That's exactly what it is. That's one of the best missions I've ever heard. Yeah, because you're allowed to believe your eyes. That you're allowed to believe your eyes. That's going to be the title of this episode. You're yeah. allowed to believe your eyes. That's fabulous. Yeah, but you know, everyone instinctively, most people know that that building is beautiful. That building is ugly. You go to Venice for a reason, right? Exactly. You go to Venice yeah. for a reason. You don't want modernist boxes replacing the buildings on the Grand Canal. No. Uh, so, so it's it's very simple. It's very innovative because it's biological. Uh, it's not that we were taught to like, you know, if you go down to, to break what, what is beauty, it's you no know, different fractal patterns to the mind of nature, that is one. The other is readability. Because, you know, we, we are, you know, savanna creatures. So we always, we stand on our two legs and we read our environment. You know, not only for danger, we, we read our environment constantly. Right. So the classical buildings, they are both, they tickle our imagination, but at the same time, they are readable. You can instantly recognize patterns on the building, what is bottom, what is top, what is midsection. All this makes us calm. Yeah, Not genetically comfortable. We, are, we have yeah. evolved over centuries and millennia to find those proportions pleasing and natural to the eye. Yes, and they are readable you can instantly see what it is. You can find patterns, you can find these things that you don't think I'm stressed or I'm calm, you be, but you become calm and you become stressed when you cannot read your built environment. Mm. Also, it's about scale. Uh, you know, this modern building can be too large, too huge. We don't like these scales. Instinctively, we don't like these scales. We want, you know, a little bit more humble Hmm. We, feel, we feel safer in, you know, if you keep it to like, let's say four or five or six story building. I know this, this might sound strange. In the US, you have so much skyscrapers. Yeah, but, but that's only in, uh, you know, major cities very, and, yeah. and for very specific reasons. The land is so valuable that if you can yeah. put a massive building on it. Yeah, and there's mm. a beauty to that too, right? Having lived yeah. on the 30th floor mm. of a building in mm. Manhattan overlooking the river, that had its own beauty to it. Yes. The building itself was not gorgeous, but the living inside of it was phenomenal. Yeah, I won't argue against that. <laughs> uh, but generally, you know, if you keep it to five or six stories, it makes our environment more readable. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. people, li people may like high-rises. I don't because uh, I want you to be connected to the street. If you live on the 30th floor, you have a spectacular view. Yep. But can you what is your connection to the street? If you look down... Nothing. It's know. great watching uh, people look like ants. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's a very exactly. godlike feeling. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's not, you know, you know, you cannot look out and shout to your kids playing down there. They won't hear you if you're on the 30th floor. So, Correct. And we tried yeah. that. There was a playground right below us once and I tried to get their attention. Pointless. So yeah. you're right. Utterly yeah, but, not human in scale without a question. Yeah. So... Keep it human in scale, and we like certain kind of proportions because we don't want to feel dwarfed. There's a difference between being, you know, humbled and impressed by a building and being dwarfed by a building. If certain scales make us feel tiny, and we don't like those environments, so we try to, you know, flee from them. We, we don't hang out there that much. You know if what's you interesting you say that about kind of the consilience between the natural world, biology, how we mm. perceive the built environment, mm. right? With the exception of the 
redwood sequoias in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., mm-hmm. there are huge trees, but they top out at seven mm-hmm. or eight stories in, yes. in, in building terms. And the sequoias are the exception to that, right? They yeah. tower like an office building. That's that's mm-hmm. curious. So mm-hmm. hum, hum, human experience across the world, with that one exception, mm-hmm. has seen, looking out from the savannah, has seen that mm-hmm. height as natural in some way. Yes. Huh. I, I would, you know, you can go in depth with the science, but basically we read our built environment. We want certain scales. We want to feel secure. We want all, you know, when you choose where you should sit in a classroom, if you're a bit nervous, you often choose, you know, so you have a wall. You put, you sit ne- the, the first back, so you have a wall at your back right. because then you feel safe, you know, because right. then at least your back is protected. So there's so much, you know, this, you know, thinking in our minds. We don't actively think about it. It's, it's subconscious. So this is affects us and stresses us in our built environment. If in our mm. built environment don't consider this. Okay, now we have strayed a bit, you know, from the... No, no, straight right on. What what is the sort of core message you would like to deliver if, you know, if you wanted my listeners to take away, you know, one kind of core idea of how they would pursue this, researching this more themselves, if they're interested, like what, what, what is your, well, what is your advice to them? How do they get a grip on this both for, I imagine your advocacy is not just Mm -hmm. intellectual, it's policy driven. Right, people yeah. can begin to take control of their own built environments in municipalities yes. and the like. Well, I do it. I, I can tell how I do it that affects people. Very, very simple. You know, I, I post regularly on, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Reddit. Uh, there are more channels, but the, these are the one that I think. But for those of us who've been thrown off all three for being intelligently outspoken, uh, is there just a website they, they can go yes, to? Yes, <laughs> there's newtread.org new also. You, you can find that. This, you can, if you will not be banned there. I will don't ban people. Um, <laughs> even if you are modernist and disagree with me, I don't ban people. I, I don't do that. How enlightened of you. You don't censor opposing views. Are you sure you're living in the 21st century? <laughs> I know I know what you mean. Okay, I will go. I will talk anything politics. Um, because no, I was just talking censorship. Why, I was just talking censorship. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> the reason why I'm so sensitive to talk politics is because they want to label uh, as if you do advocacy for classical tradition, they want to label you politically. Oh, so that's very that's a very um, serious point. That's not just me being. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so. What I, because my advocacy is basically is that the classical tradition in itself has no political leaning. Yeah, it's value neutral yeah. in terms of yeah. politics. Yeah. It's just individual styles. Beautiful built environment, yeah. period. Yeah, individual styles within the classical tradition can, of course, have political leanings, but that's individual styles, not the tradition itself. Hmm. So if I, you know, talk too much about politics, then I will. You know, fifty percent of people will not listen to me because sure. they're brown. Everyone, everyone, everyone can blame me for that. I, I've tried to yeah. talk about <laughs> politics constantly. Michael is solely concerned yeah. with architecture. Now, <laughs> of course, I have my. I like every human. I have my political beliefs, and I, I, I read politics every day. But that is not my mission. Right. 
I want it's also everyone, not relevant yeah. to this, right? It's yeah. also I want I want everyone to embrace classical tradition. I want you know right. left, right, green, blue. We can all have political it. arguments in more attractive buildings. Yeah, exactly. So when we reach the conclusion we should build in classical tradition, then we can fight which style we should build in. That that's the noble fight. When we reach there. I will, you know, and then I won, and I will quit, you know, and do something else. <laughs> Great. So you uh, want to get us to a more enlightened architectural understanding, so that we can then have really vicious fights about types of classical architecture. Yeah. Then the left, then the left and right, and, and all the other dimension of politics will fight which style we should build in. Right. Everyone will agree that it should be beautiful. It will be in the classical tradition. But then some will prefer this style and others prefer that style, like it was before, because nothing mm. is new under the sun. No. One, one, one thing with modernism is that they believe that we are some kind of new human being. We are not. We are the same as we've been for 2,000 years. So these, Every, every these teenager five... invents sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. It's something like that with, with modernists. Mm. So if, if we take... Oh, I I make many examples close to home. I make you know Budapest in in uh, in Hungary mm. in the beginning of the 1900s. You had many different you no know, ethnic communities. Uh, so for the Hungarians, it was very important to build in Hungarian and national romanticism. Right. You know their, their heritage. You know their their ancestors that rode from the steppes a thousand years ago. Then you no, know, but so it's so all buildings. You know. Right. Somehow, this is how an arch should look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then you have had the the very large Jewish minority in, in Budapest. They didn't. They were, you know, excluded from being Hungarian. But Hungary at the time was part of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, so they became Austrian-Hungarians. So mm. they preferred to build you know, architectural styles that were artistic, but didn't have like a national tone to it so oh, they right. prefer uh, so they prefer to build art nouveau so it's almost that when you walk in budapest you can always say oh there used to live jews in that building because you know it's art nouveau that's, then, yeah. i never thought of that that's absolutely awesome you're right you mm -hmm. can you can look at the ethnic geography or historically of the city from mm -hmm. that that's mm -hmm. really cool yeah and you can do it in in many cities in europe uh, because you know competing nationalism mm. uh, yeah it was a quite toxic period you know we don't want that back but but everyone was you know in throats with each other so everyone rivaled in, in architecture and built their revivalist their you know, opposition to some other group uh, mm. but it created beautiful cities very very interesting and beautiful cities uh, yes, it did. Can, That's yeah. fascinating. Now, do you have any sort of kind of final thoughts for people? Because I'm going to urge them to go check out the website, yeah. which is phenomenally both yeah. beautiful and really interesting in terms of, mm -hmm. of, of depth. I of would recommend people, no matter your political leanings, uh, if you want easy consumption, uh, go to Twitter. And yes, this is self-promoting. Uh, and uh, check out my Twitter account. Because what I do, I don't post my political beliefs. I don't care about uh, that other people should have them. I think everyone would be post, surprised to uh, find out that architecture is political. Most, I think most people, maybe not yeah. Europeans, Americans, I think would be very surprised yeah. to find out so, that architecture can be political. Yeah. So what I do is just a simple one picture with a short tweet text before and after. 
so people can see with their own eyes how you can build beautiful. You are allowed to like it, and you can have it in your place too. So That's great. yeah, so it's very very simple. And you know, if you see all these examples, it will start you know things in your mind. You will realize that oh, uh, I live in this town, this city, and they're building something new now now there. Why couldn't it look like more like this that I saw on Twitter that they did in that town that is neighboring? Right. So you, you get inspired and That's then great. you connect with other people. So join the Twitter account. Just see for yourself. See for yourself. You know, it, it's not long text or anything. If you want, you know, uh, support, you know, with, with advocacy or how you should argue, fine, I'm here, you know, you can contact me. Otherwise, just look at the pictures and imagine what how your place could look like thank you that is that is one of the sort of best clearest uh for the public good conversations we've had on this channel so far that's phenomenal thank you very much um look forward to having you back we're gonna have a have a follow-up on this at some point to go through some of the political intricacies we'll pick a city or two maybe budapest something else uh that would be fascinating Right, it had to read how to read an urban landscape in terms of the political choices that informed the architectural choices. I think that'd be that'd be riveting. I didn't even know that existed until just now. So, live a little, learn a little. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I don't have to provide my normal admonishment today because no one, no. Usually, I tell my my listeners to turn off the mainstream media because they're lying to them, but the mainstream media isn't telling them anything about architecture. So <laughs> go check out Michael's Twitter account and we'll put all those links below. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. Bye. Learn what Bitcoin is, how it works and why it matters. Bitcoin 101, your ultimate guide to the fundamentals of blockchain.